0: Now, tonight is the last night of 13 Reasons Why, and um, we're about to go into fall retreat season. It's going to be an incredible season. I don't know your story, and I know there's probably some stories that may have some of the similar pain that was depicted in that human video. And some of us in this room may feel like we're not worthy of the love of God. And I'm here tonight to tell somebody that Jesus came to save that which was lost. Jesus came not for the healthy, but those who were not well. And he came to set captives free. And so I don't know if you're in this room tonight and you're feeling unloved. You're feeling like your, your decisions in life have caused you to reject the love of Jesus. He's still here. He's still wanting to restore you. And tonight is about healing, because we, we've talked about a lot of heavy stuff over the past few weeks. Um, they've been incredible, have they not, real life? We've seen so many new faces. I want to say thank you to all of our first-time guests. We've got a thing that we say around here, if you're a first-time visitor, the first time you come, you're a guest, but every other time, you're family. And so we're grateful for all the new faces that, that have come and started to join this real-life family, but This series of 13 Reasons Why has opened our eyes to the fact that hell is trying to create the most amount of pain in our lives to prevent us from experiencing the healing power of God. Hell is trying to create the most amount of pain in your life so that you won't experience the love of Jesus. In week one, we talked about the pressure that all of us feel as high school students. Y'all know it's hard as a high school student. Y'all feel me pressure to conform there's pressure every day to give in there's pressure in the world we live in that is packed full of temptations and it's filled with hateful people that will cut they'll stab you in the back quick right people showing fake love to me right you, you come on come on real life there we live in this world that is trying to destroy us and that causes pressure all the situations that we face on a day-to-day basis, it causes anxiety for many of us. There's, there's people in this room who are depressed. There's people in this room that are so bound with insecurity that you can hardly function on a day-to-day basis. And I'm believing tonight is your night for healing in the name of Jesus. In week two, we talked about when we give in to the pressure of this broken world, this broken system that we live in, we tend to make decisions with our lives that cause a great deal of regret. All of us have regret. All of us have things in our hearts and in our lives that we wish had never have happened. But in week two, we learned how Jesus came not just to forgive us of our past, but he came to give us a way to be free from our regret. Amen? True, true freedom comes from God alone. In week three, we had the powerful experience of hearing from five amazing people. How many were touched by the testimonies that were given last week? It was a powerful night. And we were all given hope. So we, we had this progress of, man, we've got this pressure. We've got some regrets. We've got a glimpse of hope. And we've seen what hope looks like through the lens of their stories and how we can overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. But here's the deal, real life. We, we all feel that pressure. And, but, but God sent me tonight to encourage someone that it's time for your healing. It's not just time to hope for something. It's time to experience the love of God in such a way that it changes you forever. Amen. If you came in this room hurting, tonight's your night. If you came through these doors broken, tonight is your night to be put back together by the power of Jesus' love. If you came in this room addicted, tonight you're going to be set free if you believe God for your freedom. Tonight, if you're depressed and you're fighting mind games, tonight the mind of Christ is going to be given to you by the power of Jesus' name. If you're full of shame and regret, man, I don't know what you want or what you came for, but I don't want to just have hope or wishful thinking. I want to have an experience of the healing power of God tonight, real life. That's what I came here for. And so... We want, we want you to experience healing tonight. We don't just want to talk about hope. We want to experience that hope. Amen? Healing comes from the grace of God, and the process of healing continues from what you choose to do with that grace. Amen? We, we're given grace, but we also have a choice of what to do with that. I've, I've always been intrigued with medicine. Um, I know that God has placed a calling on my life to pastor and be a mouthpiece of his word, but I've always believed, and I talked with my wife about this, if God didn't call me to pastor people, I believe I would be in the medical field because it's helping people. It's awesome. I love to help people. That's one of my favorite parts about being a pastor is helping people. But medicine is so incredible to me. I, I have a high esteem for the medical professionals that are in this room. Shout out to Ms. Shalonda and Josh Lashley and Olivia's in the back with the middle school students. There's a lot of amazing men and women who give their lives to, to help people selflessly in the medical field and i i i'm intrigued with medicine because man it is simply brilliant how god created us and what i mean by that is our genetic makeup our biology is so brilliant that god created and formed our bodies to literally heal themselves it's incredible it's unreal um like Y'all ever felt gross in the morning before school? It's like 6 in the morning, your alarm goes off, and you feel like you got the crud, and you don't want to get out the bed, and you're like, Mama, I'm sick, (coughs) right? You you try to play hooky. I, I try to skip out of school all the time playing sick. And you know what? Have you ever had that day where you just feel like crud, But when you actually just force yourself to get up and get in the shower and go about your routine, as you get to about lunchtime, you actually feel just fine. You ever experienced that before? That's the amazing brilliance of how God created your body to heal itself. But here's the responsibility that I want us to to see tonight. If we cut ourselves and we don't clean the bandage or the wound, it gets infected, right? Right? So our body's created to heal ourselves, and many times the supernatural parallels the physical. So, like, many times God gives us freedom. He gives us health. He gives us forgiveness. He gives us the grace of God. But if we don't do anything with it, then it doesn't do anything to heal us. If we, I, I had this yesterday with my two, three-year-old son. Um, if all we do is eat from the McPick 2 menu, can I get a hot? Praise the Lord for that. Extra value menu. If all we eat is those two double cheeseburgers for $250 every day of our life, man, you are going into cardiac arrest before the age of 45. You got to do something with the body that you've been given. You've got to do something with the grace of God. And many of us, we've spent so much time living under pressure, so much time living in regret, hoping things would get better, but tonight God, God wants to give you healing. But you got to go for it. You want to, you got to do something with the grace that's available to you. We can't sit back and expect God to heal us without doing something ourselves. Does that make sense, real life? See, healing is a process, and God always allows us to play an important part in that healing process. He allows you and I to take, to participate. He gives us a free will, He doesn't force us. To do anything, and in a lot of ways, the physical parallels the s- supernatural. Like um, working out, for example, I, your youth pastor enjoys to stay physically fit. Praise the Lord. Um, so I, I try to every day do something physical because y'all, I don't want no dad bod. I'm I'm sorry. I'm trying to to look good for my wife because she is smoking hot, and. Um, But here's the deal. When you lift weights, to all my athletes, you know this already, but when you lift weights, you are literally ripping the muscle fibers in your muscle. Like I'm trying to flex on y'all right now. I'm trying to show you that your youth pastor actually has a bicep. But when you lift weights, your muscles rip and they tear. And literally what happens is when they tear, they grow back stronger. They grow back bigger. They grow back more capable. I came tonight to encourage somebody. You've been going through some hell in your life. Man, it is going to make you stronger if you hold on to the love of Jesus. If you, if you go after the healing that God has for you, you can, you can be stronger at the other end of this tonight. Man, the one time when I was a little kid, it's another example of how incredible our bodies are and how they heal. Man, when I was little, I've got older brothers. How many of y'all, y'all have older siblings in the house? Y'all know you got to be careful as a young, younger sibling because your older siblings will kill you, Right. Okay, so my brothers are six and eight years older than I am, and um, one time I was real little, real small, and we were at the mall with my mom because she's good at shopping. She loves to do that. And um, so my older brother Eric was like, uh, just me and him, mom was not paying attention, and he goes, man, if I catch you, I'm going to kill you. Like, literally, if I get my hands around your neck, uh, if I get my hands on you, they're going for your neck, and you're dead. And I was a little boy. I believed him, and I'm running for my life. I'm like, I I wanted to scream in this microphone, but I saved your ears. And, and literally, I took off running because I believed him, and I was, man, I was, like, turning corners on a dime. It was awesome. I was sprinting because my little legs were small. He was a big boy, and he was about to catch me. And the next thing I know, I turned this corner. And I run smack into this display that is holding men's dress shirts, and it's made of glass, and it rips my chin completely open. And it causes blood to just start gushing everywhere in that department store. And seven stitches later, it got the bleeding to stop for the healing process to begin. And, and I had to get a doctor to stitch me up for my body to get the rest that it needed, to go through the process, I needed to do something to receive my healing. Another time, not too much longer after that, I was, I was a church kid. So my brothers were actually playing with me in the church parking lot. And my oldest brother, Brian, y'all know that thing with little kids how you grab their hands and then you start spinning them around and they, they, they start like elevating off the ground. Well, two of my biggest dreams were coming true all at the same time because I was defying gravity because all I wanted to ever do was fly. And the second thing is all I ever wanted was for my big brother to play with me. And so, like, in this moment, I am literally spinning. I'm going higher and higher. I'm thinking I'm, I'm on top of the – like, I don't know what I was thinking. I was little. It was a long time ago. But the next thing I know is my oldest brother, Brian, for the record, Brian Criswell, he, he let go of both of my hands. So – In that instant, instead of being full of joy and full of bliss and enjoying my life, I was doing a backward Superman. And the next thing I knew, my face hit with full force on the concrete of that pavement, ripping my chin open once again, bleeding all over the church parking lot. And ten stitches later, the bleeding stopped and the healing process was able to. To begin again. Now that I'm a grown man, sometimes when I shave, I cut my chin where where it was ripped open and I don't even feel it because the nerves are gone, y'all. It's crazy. But sometimes I, I say that because sometimes when you go through enough in life, Man, when something else comes your way, it won't affect you as much because of what you've been through. If you allow it to, you can be stronger on the other side if you allow things. If you allow the process to take place in your life, God can heal you. So tonight, you may not have been asked to be mistreated. You may have never wanted to give in to the temptation that created heavy regret in your life. You may not have wanted unfair things like the divorce that's tearing your family apart to happen. But I've come tonight to help someone see that the pain of the process you're in right now is leading you to your full and complete restoration if you'll allow God to do it. The struggles God is helping you overcome is making you stronger, and the day is coming, if it's not tonight, the day is coming sooner than later where the pain will be replaced with fulfillment. And tonight's story from God's Word is about someone who walked through the healing process. She was at the end of it. She had finished the healing process, and she came out better on the other side. It says this in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. It says, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to come and have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house, and he reclined at the table. And a woman in that town who had lived a sinful life, learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came with an alabaster jar of perfume. I want you to recognize that the, the scripture is very clear. To label, label this woman a woman who had lived a sinful life that was in that town. This woman was once a thought. Come on, I'm trying to get y'all's attention. This woman, literally another gospel names her as Mary the prostitute so yeah i I was actually trying to say that real life she was a t-h-o-t y'all come on now can i i'm not i'm not gonna say it in church but i'm telling y'all this was the type of woman she was this woman lived a sinful life she knew the pressure she she had this reputation that was full of regret her stuff was posted for the whole world to see it She was the Hannah Baker of her school. Some of her sinful life was of her own doing, her own choices, her own mistakes. And some of her sinful life was because she didn't know how to handle the pressure. And she had a story and everybody knew about it. Everybody knew. But she still came because she knew Jesus was in the house. This woman shows us that God can turn our failure into fuel. God can turn our past into a a fuel that drives us to the presence of God. She was on mission, and she didn't care what anyone else thought of her. Students, her courage should show us that true healing comes from growing a backbone and allowing yourself to actually feel. Many of us don't experience the healing power of God because we're too concerned with what other people think. That's where you should be saying amen. Amen. The story continues in verse 38. It says this, As she stood behind Jesus at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed his feet, and poured perfume on them. This was a beautiful expression of her love for Jesus because he had changed her life previously. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, somebody say himself, he said to himself, if this, woman were, if this man, talking about Jesus, were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is and that she is a sinner. As this woman was pouring love out to Jesus, she was proving that God had forgiven her and that she was in the process of her healing. And her actions were proof that God was doing something in her life. See, healing flows when you don't allow the perception of others to stop you from loving Jesus. Healing begins to flow in your life when you get up on the inside and say, I don't care what other people think. I don't care if people know what I've done in my past. That doesn't determine my future. I'm going to love Jesus with all of my heart. I don't care if y'all are going to talk over there. I'm going to worship right here because Jesus is in the house. I'm ready to love my God because of what he's done for me. That's when true healing and freedom begins to break free in our lives. See, some of us in the room are still wondering why God has not changed our situations or set us free from the struggle and brought us healing. Man, we don't want to hear scriptures like where Jesus said in Matthew 10, 33, where if you deny me in front of your friends, I will deny you in front of my Father. We don't want to hear those types of scriptures. And then we wonder, man, if you say the grace of God is so freely given, then why in the world am I not walking in my healing? Maybe it's because you haven't learned how to forget about anybody else but Jesus. And the moment you begin to do that is when the windows of heaven begin to open up and say, oh, that's my daughter right there. There's my son. I'm going to set them free right now because I see how much they love me in the midst of the struggle. Last week we communicated, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. God gives us grace freely by that blood, but we have to play our part with our testimony. God wants to heal you and he wants to give you the power that's available to be healed, but he also wants you to play a part and go after it in real life. You can't walk in your full healing without doing something with the grace of God. None of us deserve the grace of God, but the grace of God should have a lasting effect on our lives. It should change the way we live, where it motivates us to do something with it. See, this woman knew where Jesus was, and she went after him. She opened up to him emotionally. She was weeping and letting her tears wash his feet. She was kissing his feet and serving him with her best. She wasn't giving her a half hearted. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. She wasn't finding Jesus on her Instagram flow. Man, she was finding Jesus in the word. She was finding Jesus by listening to the pastor, not trying to talk and distract people next to them. She was going after him. She knew she could never be able to repay him for what he had done for her. And we know we could never repay God for what he's done for us, but the least we could do is give our best because he sure did give us his best. See, this woman's story should teach us that bottling up our emotions can prolong our healing process. See, a lot of us, we're in this room, and we want the healing power of God, but we're, we're too, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can show my real heart for the Lord. It's there. I've got a sensitive heart for the Lord, but if any of them find out, man, my, uh, it's, it's going to change everything, and I don't know if I'm ready for that. Can I tell you, if you don't learn to be sensitive in the presence of Jesus, it will prolong your healing process. Teen Challenge, don't prolong your healing process. Allow the Holy Spirit to open you up. When you get in those counseling sessions, you tell the truth, and you tell them what you're feeling. You tell them what you're going through. You don't prolong the healing process. It's God's Word. She proves to us, man, she was pouring her love out on his feet, giving her her best. Because she knew what he had given her. Man, I've never had a conflict. Listen to this, I've never had a conflict with my wife where bottling up and shutting down helped anything. Can I give a witness, y'all? There have been some times where I have not been the perfect husband. I have been in the doghouse. And I'm I'm here to testify bottling up and closing the people you love the most off will not help anything. So when you try to bottle up and shut Jesus out of your life, it's going to prolong the healing process in your life. When a worship, this is, this is what I'm trying to say. When a worship experience happens, man, and you are not engaging, when it takes Jonah like five times to get the, the group's attention, there's a problem. We should respect the presence of God more than that in real life. We've got to fall more in love with Jesus to where we will actually engage in worship without being probed and prodded by the worship pastor. Man, this woman didn't have anyone telling her to pour her love out on Jesus. And she was doing it, not caring what anyone else thought. Man, when the altar call is given, the ones, listen to this, when the altar call happens in just a moment, the ones who have their hands raised and they're focused on God are going to get the healing power of God the ones who sign up tonight for Fall Retreat because they know that Jesus is going to be at Camp Timberlake and they know that the presence of God is going to change them forever and it's going to change everything. It's going to bring healing and restoration and it's going to make a future for you. Man, the people who sign up and say, I want that, and they, th- tonight you're going to sign up and you're going to get the healing if you get to Fall Retreat. Praise the Lord. Selfless plug. <laughs> it's going to be awesome to be there. Those people are going to find the healing power released in their everyday lives. You see, it's not the ones who sit back and are spectators. It's not the ones who say, I can't believe he said that. It's not the ones who who shrug their shoulders and say, you know what, that's not real. That's not for me. Those people aren't going to receive the power of God. It's the ones who walk up to these altars with boldness and say with openness and honesty, this is what I'm dealing with. This is my hurt. This is my pain. This is the struggle. Those are the individuals who are farther along in the process of healing because they're doing something with the grace of God. Sometimes, can can y'all feel me for a second? Sometimes a good cry can fix a lot of things. Like, uh, come on, y'all, sometimes when you really let loose where snot is, like, going down your face and you sound like a total, (laughs) and you can hardly speak, right? Sometimes just letting loose of your emotions can actually bring a healing flow into your life. And too often we are so hard, we've got the facade, we've got the mask on, man, you're not going to break me because I'm unbreakable. Man, if you would just let down the wall for a moment and let the love of Jesus touch your heart, man, the healing power of God will be set loose in your life. Man, one of my favorite truths in this story is there is no sense in trying to get this real life, listen close, I'm almost done, I promise. Listen, the, one of my favorite truths in this story is there's no sense in trying to hide the pain you live with or the pain of your past because Jesus already knows about it. Why bottle it up? Why hold back from God when he already knows? The scripture said Simon said to himself, meaning not to anyone else in the room. If, if Jesus was a prophet, he'd know what this woman was, he'd know she was a sinner. He said it to himself, and this is what Jesus said in verse 40. Jesus answered him, even though he said it to himself, Jesus answered him because he knew already what she was going through. Simon, I've got something to tell you, boy. I, I think Jesus had some some sassafras in his. I got something to tell you, son. You talk because he was talking about Jesus' daughter. He said, I've got something to tell me, teacher. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him $500. Uh, Switch the words there because it's current. $500, the other $50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of these will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You've judged correctly. Jesus said when he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house and you did not give me water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears. And wipe them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as great. Her great love has shown whatever has been forgiven little, whoever has been forgiven little loves little. But then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. I want everybody to stand to your feet. Leaders, come quick. Thank you for for being attentive to God's word tonight. Thank you for being respectful in these last moments. No one talking, no one being a distraction right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God wants to forgive the unforgivable. He wants to love the unlovable. And here's the thing, if you've got a lot of need in your life for healing, that, that simply means you've got a lot of opportunity to love God. Man, if you've been through a lot of hell, man, God can rescue you from a lot of hell and cause a lot of blessing to flow in your life. Jesus was helping Simon and helping us to see that you can't give away what you don't already possess. You can't live in healing and wholeness without being first forgiven. And if you don't have the acceptance of Jesus. If you haven't accepted Jesus because you think you don't deserve it, it's impossible for you to give that love away to others. This is another version of a a life principle in God's Word. It's called reaping what you sow. Too many of us in this room have been living with forgiveness but not living in freedom. Too many of us have been like Simon, and we've invited Jesus into our, our lives. We've invited him to come and spend a little bit of time with me on Wednesday night. But but we haven't yet poured everything out to him because we're not actually realizing how much he's given us, how much he's forgiven us. So I'm here to challenge somebody in the house. How badly you want to be in the presence of Jesus is a direct reflection of how much you have been truly healed. How much you want it is a direct reflection of how much you really believe it. And I'm here tonight to tell somebody in the room you can have your pain relieved tonight through the flow of the healing power of God. Somebody in this room with every head bowed, every eye closed.